This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geek show number 575 with guest Nathaniel Lindley, recorded on June 22nd, 2023. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way in. News reviews, product updates, and conversation, and a lot of conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Carlson, broadcasting live from the Average Guy.tv studios here. And summer's here, and Nathaniel, it's there for you as well. We're in the throes of summer, right? Yeah, the, the heat. Yeah, and it it is early. <laughs> like, we're, yeah. we got two or three months of this still left, right? Uh, you know? Yeah, it's 90s here in dry Minnesota, and it's we had like maybe a quarter inch of rain. In the last several weeks, and so everything's drying up, and this is June still. So usually, we don't get the heat till July and August, but it's going to be a rough one. Yeah, yeah, we get we usually have thunderstorms all through June, right? It's just Mm -hmm. rain every three or four days. You get rain. We've had nothing, so I think it's going to be a long summer. Uh, We're well, at least we've got air conditioning and power still, and. To our friends in Canada, where it seems like the whole country is burning down, we're very, very sorry. You're sending all your smoke our way. Could you, could you keep it to yourself? <laughs> up there? Yeah. Are you getting much smoke from up there? Um, yeah, we get alerts that the air quality index is high or unusual. And then it was, was it last week or before when St. Paul had some of the worst air quality in the nation because of the fires? It was like 190 or something on that index. It was bad. You'd walk outside and it was hazy and yeah. Um, it's rough. So I, I'm sorry for all the Canadians that are going through that, but we did have a bunch of wildfires last year or two years ago in the West and yeah. we had our turn. Yeah. Well, and if it dries out, like it, like we think it might, we could see some, you know, some brush fire possibilities here in the Midwest. We don't yeah. you know, typically have forests, but the brush can certainly yep. get dry. So anyways, yeah. For all of you affected by that, if you're listening to it, sorry uh, for that. Stay safe. Uh, stay away from yeah. those fires if you can. And, uh, and of course, we, we'll post this show with some world-class show notes, a few, out at TheAverageGuy.tv. Big thanks to Bob and Ryan from ThinkComputers.org who joined me uh, three weeks ago. I took two weeks off. It just my birthday was in there and some other things. I just took some time off. But Bob and Ryan, uh, appreciate them. And they've always got some great things to say. And, of course, big thanks to our Patreon subscribers as well. If you're finding value in the podcast and you want to give back, join us over on Patreon, theaverageguy.tv slash Patreon. You heard from him already, but Nathaniel Lindley's here with me tonight. Nathaniel, always great to catch up with you. Welcome back to Home Gadget Geeks. Thanks. Let's get an update from you. I think the last time we saw you, we were on the tail end of coming out of the pandemic, whenever that was. We were talking about the effect of it. Uh, you you work for a school district and kind of the mm-hmm. effect on that. Catch us up a little bit. What what have you been up to? What's the school? What's your job been up to? Just give us a little update on you. Yeah, well, um, we're all back in school, and we've had our first air quotes normal year. You know, with students in classes every day and adjusting to that. Um, both my kids going to school and the kids in the school district that I work at, which is different. Um, and I know a lot of the teachers have been trying to catch students up from what they missed or didn't get uh, in the same delivery. You know, it's hard to do ceramics remotely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's been some of that, but uh, otherwise it's been really busy and you kind of 
think back like, wait a minute, we did what? You know, how quickly did we get all this stuff out? And so it's been an adjustment this year and a real change of focus um, for my department and my our kind of work. So I felt like schools got a little more agile during that time. If uh, pre, you know, 2018, if we would have said, hey, you're going to have students at home full time, most teachers would have been like, you're crazy. Yeah. Uh, 2019 was a wake up call. 2020, it seems like a lot of uh, like everybody adapted. We kind of figured some things out. It wasn't as good. Some were better than others. Right. I mean, it was still a struggle. But do you feel like now are they, are you still taking advantage of some of that adaptability from remote being able to do things remotely or did it go, did it snap all the way back to the way it was before? Do you think? I think a lot of it snapped back. Um, I think there are definitely teachers that learned new ways to do some teaching and, and variety of instruction and using tools differently now. Um, but I think a lot of it, it's like, well, we're back in the classroom, so I don't need to do the things that I did when I was remote as much. Um, I think one thing that's changed is the staff work differently. So we have a lot more virtual meetings among staff. Um, and, you know, if it's, it's more rare for a meeting to be called at a certain building and everybody has to physically be there. I mean, it, it happens, but it's it's much more common to be hybrid. Okay. I'm going to join remotely or this one's on teams. And um, probably like a lot of us now in my role, I've have to have teams and WebEx and zoom and Google meet, because depending on which vendor you're talking with or things, they have their own flavor. So um, for staff, I think that's changed a lot, but for the student instruction, I think it's pretty similar. We're just still using the same, uh, tools with students. You know, we are a Google workspace for EDU district. Uh, we still run Microsoft 365. Um, but the one of the big changes this year, which was a, a big challenge, is Minnesota passed the student data privacy laws that other states have been rolling out, mm-hmm. which is forcing us to really look at the vendors we partner with and look at their data privacy policies and um, evaluate whether they're being good stewards of our data. Uh, And so that restricted a lot of the software tools. So if you think about it, the early pandemic, every software company is like, we'll give it to you for free. It's a pandemic. You can use our tool for free, you know, for a year or whatever. And that was great. And then we got extra funds from the federal government to help pay for the, some of those additional tools and subscriptions. And then those funds dried up. Now the vendors want the money. So we're back to, uh, being very um, particular about which tools we're going to subscribe to and use. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's been disappointing for teachers who've latched onto one and say, oh, I've learned how to use this tool. It's really great. I find it effective and valuable. And then we say, oh, sorry, you're one of 12 people. We have to get rid of it. Yeah. Uh, and that's yeah. that's a hard conversation with teachers who, you know, worked hard to learn it and use it. And then we can't really afford it. Did you move to kind of approved software lists where yeah. like you can use it if it's on the list, if it's not, it's yeah. going to get removed type deal. Yeah. All across the board. So um, we've also done things where extensions and sign-ins, you know, your sign-in with Google has to be on the approved list. And so a lot of it's dealing with, Hey, I used to use this calendar integration tool with Google and now it won't let me log in. And then we have to look at it and see if it's being kept up to date. Is it secure? Is is the 
data privacy good? Is it with staff and students or just students? So we kind of have an approval process where a couple of people look at it both from the educational value, you know, is it a duplication of something we already have? Because we don't need six tools that do the same thing. And so then it's, it's this whole year has been, you know, kind of evaluation of that kind of stuff and really narrowing down the scope, um, which I think is that short-term pain because, oh, I, I really like this one tool and now you won't let me use it. But in the long term, I think people will be better off because then it's like, let's use these tools, these core tools together and, and learn how to use them better. Yeah. Do you think the summer will help with that, giving them some time to kind yeah. of adapt come back in the fall reset. Okay. I figured out with on the, what's on the approved list. I figured out how to yeah. do my thing and now I can move forward. Yeah. And it helps us too, because then we can take the different tools and say, okay, here's our catalog. If you're looking for a math innovation or, or support tool, here's the three that we already have approved or pay for. Let's use those. Mm-hmm. So it's really, you know, trying to consolidate a bit and and focus on fewer tools that do what we need to do instead of during COVID, it was just like, try anything. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. 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 No rules at this point, whatever gets it, yeah. whatever gets yeah. it done, you yep. know, safely. Do you think the students, oh, their view of, of these tools, connectivity, hardware, do you think that changed at all? Did that, did you get any feeling like the students learned anything or got better at this? in the process or do you think they were fairly unaffected? I think they just strengthened their skills they already had. Mm -hmm. So I think COVID for a lot of kids just kind of accelerated their ability to use their devices, whether it was an iPad or a Chromebook or their MacBook. And they got used to the process and workflow of digital work, digital videos, note-taking, turning things in, Um, you know, and teachers did more of the screencasts and then sharing it with their students and then getting feedback loops. And so I think the students got more adept at it, but then some of them uh, sort of felt like, well, what's the point of going to class? Yeah. So now that we have in-person class, it's sort of, no, you got to be here still. And then, you know, some of the teachers do a great job of saying, okay, this is the type of activity that's really valuable because we're here in class Mm -hmm. and this other Mm -hmm. stuff is more independent work. You can do that on your own or in the evening. And um, really uh, during the pandemic, they realized the benefit of being in person versus hybrid or asynchronous versus synchronous. And so, yeah. Do you, do you think that that makes them better prepared? That's a classwork was missed. So, I mean, that there was, Mm -hmm. there was some difficulty in the content, but I, I tend to see this experience for the students while it struggled with the content. It almost mimics now what we're seeing in the enterprise, what we're seeing in the workforce, what we're seeing, what we're doing in the workforce. And in some ways, and you can disagree with me or agree with me if you want, makes them, I think, a little more prepared to enter the workforce as far as the expectations of, hey, this is how I'm going to do my job. It's going to be a, for those that are going to be digital. Not everybody's going to do that, mm-hmm. right? There's going to be some things. But it, 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 I feel like it almost brought them closer to where, to where the enterprise or where the workforce was today. I don't any any thoughts on that. Um, I don't see it in my team. Okay. Yeah, work. I mean, we're pretty. We we all can do some things remotely, but we're a pretty in person group. Mm. So my team needs to be in the buildings 
at your desk working with each other because things come up and and we could do a lot remotely, but we do better together um, with my team. But I can see um, younger people looking for work in companies yeah. being much more remote friendly yeah. because of the flexibility. I like to sleep in. I like to take a run during the day. I want to be remote. I want to live here and work there. And so I have a nephew who's working for a company and um, he lives in Michigan and the company is, I don't know where he's all remote, able to do everything he needs to contribute, connect, do all that from his house. And he's got his golden retriever by his side all day. So, and you know, he's straight out of college two years now. So it, I think that is more common, uh, depending on the type of work. Yeah. We just, I don't, my own experience is in doing both hybrid and remote sessions with people or, or even all in person, we just don't struggle as much as we used to about thinking about making the connection. Like everybody just doesn't seem foreign. (laughs) Yeah. Everybody just adapts. It's like, Hey, we're going to do this thing. You know, literally we'll be in a situation like we'll have a hybrid meeting set up where everybody's it's got a zoom link associated with it. Yeah. And then five minutes before the meeting, somebody will go, Hey, wait a minute. Everybody in the meeting is, is here in let's, the building. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's quick get a room. And within five minutes it's changed and everybody's quickly made their way in and they're in the room and we're meeting that way. Or um, it, the, the same thing may be true where they have, they have a room scheduled, but they've got a bunch of remote people. And other, everybody will just go, well, let's just cancel the room. And it's, it's a better experience for everyone. If we're all, if we're all remote than this, because hybrid meetings still, still struggle or half the people are hybrid and half of them aren't. And there's people talking behind the scenes and how do you figure all that stuff out? So a lot of times those switch pretty quick. They either go all remote or they go in person. I don't know. Any thoughts on that? I, I guess that would be my preference too. Like either we're all together or we're all separate. Although the the situation that works well for a hybrid is if you're doing interviews or you're bringing in a consultant where there's one remote person and everyone else is on a, in a conference room kind of thing. But the mix of multiple remote and some in the room, that's hard. Yeah. It's hard to keep your attention focused. Um, but But we have seen a lot of the schools and principals doing more interviews on zoom and remote. And so we've been helping them set up gear mm-hmm. so that it's a good experience on both ends. Um, and then I'll often do interviews and I'll do one remote and I do, uh, my best to prepare the candidate. This is the tool I use. Please take the time to make sure you can get it working before the interview. And so if they're stumbling and not getting it to work, I'm like, well, you didn't do your job. Like, and in my department, you should be able to figure this out. I mean, that's pretty unusual, but um, yeah, I mean, our team, we would much rather pick up our laptops, walk down to a table together, put something on the screen, talk through it together, show each other what we're doing. than you know, stay in the same building and do remote. Yeah. One of the things our tech teams did internally was while everybody was gone, we replaced any projector with a giant TV. Yeah. <laughs> they're cheap, right? I mean, they're cheaper yeah. than, and they've gotten very, very inexpensive. And then they changed the sound in there to get better in a lot of cases to try and get a better optimized, you know, the, 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 the sound improvements we made on conference equipment, I think during the pandemic was pretty amazing of, of some of the new stuff that's coming out actually sounds pretty good. 
I was just in a meeting the other day where we had a room in Omaha and I had four in a room in DC and then one remote somewhere else. And typically that wouldn't have worked very well, but I think we've also learned to run meetings better hybrid. Mm -hmm. So by calling on people, like not just leaving it open, like, "Eh, no, no, Hey, Troy, I need you to go now. Let's do this. You know? So the manager or whoever's running the meeting being very intentional about calling out people, joining the conversation, but it doesn't, that doesn't feel weird like it did four years ago or five years ago. That was just a very normal meeting for them. And, and it was very productive, even though it was hybrid. Which worked Yeah. Out yeah. I think we're all kind of learning those protocols, you know, and you, you learn to pause because you're expecting someone else to respond yeah. instead of just motoring through. And yeah. um, when someone doesn't follow that, it's really jarring because you're like, you're not listening to the other participants. You're not, you're the cadence yeah. is off, you yeah. know, or so, watching for visual cues. Yeah. The hand raise. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. So yeah. sometimes it would, we'll have meetings with a vendor or someone and they'll ask, you know, anybody have any more questions? Are we all good? And a lot of people just visually thumbs up, like raise their hand or do the emoji or something to be, you know, indicating that they're part of it. Yeah. The other funny thing about hand motions is when we end meetings now, everybody goes, bye. Yeah. Like, you, know, just, you just see all these, these hands waving to each other, which is a, is, is a very, nobody did that before. I mean, that was not yeah. a very common thing before. Certainly that came up. Bob, uh, producer Bob in the chat says no more 15 minutes to start meetings, which is probably true. Like, I mean, pre-pandemic, we it would struggle sometimes to get folks connected and on right equipment, right place, doing the right oh, yeah. thing. And I think now it's it's pretty fast. I, I went into a room today that had a Zoom shared co- uh, sh- uh, console in there and a big screen. And it's got a little number. Uh, you know, you can either use the number to connect to it or just a few buttons. And like my laptop recognized the room that I was in and it just... Oh, weird. It was literally one click share. And I would, my I was up on the screen with with the zoom, you know, with my desktop. And I was, cause at first I'm like, Oh, I'm going to figure this out. I haven't been in this room before. And I pushed the button. It's the share button on the console and then opened up zoom and hit share on mine. And they just connected. And huh. I was like, Oh, well that's easy. You know, that, that, uh, that reminds me of the days where Cisco was trying to build the unity conference rooms before the pandemic. And it was super expensive, high end gear, complex but the dream was you pick up a phone you dial a number and then the room just magically turns on and everybody's there and um we've kind of gotten there through a different route yeah i I just noticed the other day i opened zoom and it's like z o o o o o o o m they've added all these features to that (laughs) you got voice texting room conferences i don't know what else they're offering yeah yeah they've expanded a bit yeah no it, it worked out i mean from that standpoint it worked out I've been going in three, four, five days, sometimes a full five days a week. And, um, it's a, and I, and I move around quite mm-hmm. a bit more than I used to working in different locations and different things and just different specialties for what I need. So uh, it's, it's interesting. Did you, from a hardware perspective, have you guys changed anything dis- district wise on the back end of this to, to adapt to it or the students using different hardware? How'd that work out? Uh, the student devices are staying put. We still have iPads for the younger kids and Chromebooks for the older kids across, you know, the grades. 
And then at the high school, we still allow BYOD. So it's a hybrid of, you know, if you want to check out a Chromebook, great. Take that, no cost. And then other students that prefer their own device in high school have that choice. Um, I think the to support all of it, we just have naturally grown our network, more network infrastructure, more bandwidth, better wireless. So I think we, I think we swapped out, you know, 600 access points uh, over the two years, upgrading to six and six E and we're just always adding network capacity. And um, so that that's sort of normal. And what we found is like, especially during the hybrid days when we were kind of in the pandemic, but kind of in person, when the teacher would run a Google Hangout or meet in the classroom and every kid in the classroom is in that same meet, it's really hard on the access point because they're all unnecessarily in there because some kids are at home or it was a sub, but the teacher's at home. I mean, those were the, those are the challenging situations where like, you just can't, you just can't do that. Even one access point in the room, uh, you know, it didn't have the capacity for a simultaneous meet for all 30 kids. Well, access points that weren't powered very well, like they had cheap chips in them. They were not, they weren't scaled out for the kind of connectivity. Right. They weren't scaled out for the video um, usage for sure. So they could take a lot of clients and we could take 200 clients on an access point, but not doing back and forth video. So 200 clients surfing the web, pulling down pages and email is very different from 200 trying to stream a video up and down. So the newer ones have that multi um, four by four, like multi in multi out. So they can take more individual streams back and forth, I think it's called. And I'm not sure if access points are all 6 or 6E now, but we're definitely building capacity to be able to run a two and a half gig copper to access points. Um, Mm. So all of it's increasing. So we're doing a lot of bandwidth shaping, you know, making sure no client is using too much bandwidth. Apple and Google servers, you just hammer us when there's updates released you know, whether it's for an iPad or a Chromebook or so we stage those out um, and, and, you know, uh, spread them out over a few weeks across Mm -hmm. clients. Windows isn't as bad because we control the windows updates from an internal server. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that works well for us, but you know, the network is always in flux and replacing gear, um, trying to keep up with it. And then, you know, okay, well, this isn't signal isn't as good in this room. So that's, that's been a big part of the improvement, but the hardware, not so much. Six came out and then six E Bob asked, I was going to ask you this question too. Has six E helped? You know, I, I, it didn't seem like six was out very long and then six E came in kind of right behind it. And I think is a little more optimized for that. Have you seen a difference between those two? And if you're putting anything in today, do you just go right to six E? Do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think all our new stuff is going to be, um, and we're in all Cisco shop right now. So, um, we use all their equipment and we just put in, this is interesting. We noticed this. We just changed out the core switch for the entire district um, on Juneteenth because it was a district holiday. So it's like the one day that there's not activities and we in our department were close to it. So we noticed a wired bandwidth, you know, increase because the switch capacity could handle so much more, whether it's wired or wireless, bandwidth to travel through it to get out to the internet and this and that so it it wasn't bad before we would you know but we noticed today or or earlier this week like oh this is 
this is better. Even though our clients are locked down to 200 megabits per second wired, right, right. Um, we all like, okay, this is an improvement. So just even those hidden core switches that people don't see, yeah. those matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure there's a lot of infrastructure as folks, this was a year as folks were coming back for many, it was first full-time back, you know, back in business. Everybody's kind of yep. on site. Yep. Um, and then you start looking at your hardware <laughs> you start, yeah. you go, okay. And if we didn't, I mean, a lot of folks looked ahead and like, okay, this is going to be the future. We need to start replacing some of this stuff now while no one is here type yeah. deal. Some, some folks got, not everybody, some folks got a chance to do that or they're upgrading now. Like you said, where yeah. they're like, oh, okay, we're going to need some, we're going to need some more throughput on this thing just because, and we haven't really seen a big jump. I mean, as you talk about your hardware, I don't know if hardware's changed that much. I, maybe you could, you'd be better speaking to this. It sounds like you're using the same hardware today that you were kind of using in 2019, at least from a, from the way they were using it standpoint or what you're using, right? So it's not like the hardware demand grew during that time. Is that a true statement or, or no? Uh, I don't think the clients would changed a whole lot. I mean, all our Windows laptops now support 6E, so they're more efficient. Um, but it's it's all the edge switches and all the core that has to be upgraded to keep up with. Oh, but the and students' it's, equipment didn't change, right? You're still no. using iPads, still yep. laptops, still yep. like yeah. for the most part, that equipment was yep. is the same, right? We didn't see yeah. a big change in that, right? No, okay. no, yeah. we're still using the same. And you know, one of the one of the drawbacks of Chromebooks is their network chips have historically not been very strong. So you can be close to an access point and it shows you two out of three bars, you know, but um, the other benefits kind of outweighed that that's improving a lot. And so um, one thing we're, we're looking at is we're pretty much windows and Chromebooks at our district. And we're looking at the newer Chromebooks that are a little bit bigger, a little bit faster, a little more staff teacher friendly of what are some good models? How would that work for staff who've traditionally used a Windows laptop? And so we've been testing some various ones um, that are, you know, 14 inch screens, eight to 16 gigs of RAM and trying to see, you know, what's the comparison? Where do we find the value? What's the reliability? Because we think a lot of teachers that, you know, work in Google Chrome 99% of the time and Google Workspace can use a Chromebook. Um, so we've had some staff using them full time as their primary device and pretty happy with it because the battery lasts all day. They can run what they need and then wake up. Reboot time is much faster. You know, even with new Windows laptops, you reboot, you might, you know, walk, pour yourself a cup of coffee, come back. And after the updates apply, you get to log in. And then after you log in, you wait a couple minutes for all the mm -hmm. extension and teams and everything to load in the background. So, yeah we're kind of exploring that of what would staff devices on Chromebooks look like. Yeah. I come, I came out of the pandemic a hundred percent browser enabled mm -hmm. now. So it's, I, well, I shouldn't say that. I still, the, I, I have a focus, right. Uh, audio device in the studio where we podcast from, and that still requires a driver to be installed in windows to work, which is just crazy. I was kind of like, seriously, are we to that point? And I have a Logitech camera that works better with yeah. the Logitech drivers. Right. But for the most part, it's a hundred percent. I got a new laptop. They opened it up. I was I was working in fifteen minutes. Like they opened it yeah. up, did a few things. Here you go. Where that used to be like an hour, 
hour and a oh. half, two hours to maybe deploy something like, Hey, go to lunch. We'll have it ready for you when you get back type deal. That's all super, super easy now. And I think our, our tech folks got better at that deployment because they did yeah. it remote, remotely. Yeah. Right? And now, yeah. So you set up, easy. you know, yeah. OneDrive syncing. So your desktop and documents sync for you or Google Drive syncing. And we get, we're about 15 minutes. So we're, you know, we get a new staff member come down. Okay. Here's your laptop. Let's log in. Let's set up MFA. We'll help you with this. Is this working? Make sure you got that. Um, and so we feel 15 minutes is pretty good, but I can also give them a Chromebook and be done in three minutes. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. like, can you log in? Okay. See you later. <laughs> yeah, you're off to but, the races. Yeah. But that's sort of true. Setting up the MFA with a new staff takes some time, you know. Sure. Some yeah. of them get it right away and some are like, I have to what? On my phone? Is that going to be private? You know, so that we're still a lot of security challenges. But do you think a lot of things have gone to FA? Do you think that's getting easier, though, with with most people recognizing, oh, yeah, I've got an app or I know like the Microsoft 2FA where it, it pops yeah. up on your phone put this number in, you know, 90 and then you're, you're in, I, do you feel like that's gotten easier? I think so. I think most people know what it is. Yeah. The hesitation is why should I have to do it for work or why should I have to do it for this? Right. And so the, the most common response from teachers, which is, you know, legit is like, well, I don't have anything important, you know? <laughs> and, yeah. and I, I try to rephrase it of like, well, actually, you do because you have a lot of information about students, depending on your role. You might have test score data that you have access to. You might have health data, special ed, IEP data. Like you, you may not feel like your emails are very private or confidential, but you have access to data that you don't want other people to have access to. And so then they're like, oh, yeah, well, that makes sense. And we fear that someone is in your account acting as you. Rather than someone's trying to get into your account to read your emails. Right. That's not what yeah. they want. Right. So it's a lot of education and a lot of like explaining it to some, you know. Um, and, yeah. you know, we work off of least access, least privilege access. There's a term for it. But, you know, give you as little access as you need and then slowly open it up as, you know, okay, you, you're the nurse, you're going to need more access, more data than the custodian or the first grade teacher. Mm -hmm. And so that, that's been years of work trying to say, instead of giving you rights to all the schools in the student information system, because it's just easier, we need to create groups for you that you get rights to just the students you need or just mm -hmm. the classes or grades you need. And so mm -hmm. that takes more work on our part for sure. Yeah. But yeah. it's better in the long run. Yeah. I we have an email system that we implemented during the pandemic and and I need access to get into it to see what we're sending. It's this is all our automated stuff. What it's sending, are they opening it? Like because we get customers who are like, Hey, I need Feedback, to send yeah. that. Yeah. And like, well, actually we did send it to you. You haven't opened it yet. Check your spam <laughs> type type deal. They think that's kind of spooky. But um when I first got access to the system, I could literally do nothing. They were, I was like, oh, guys, I need to be able to do yeah. like, okay, let's open up this and yep. open up that. And then it was more like, okay, prove it to us that you need that access first. And then we'll give it to you. Like you said, as opposed to, Hey, we're going to just give you access to everything and we'll, we'll lock it down after you prove you, you know, you can't handle it. So it's been, it's been a little bit, it's, I, I've seen that. And that's a different way of looking at it. It's probably better. You know, yeah, it keeps me out of trouble. 
right? Yep. From just going in and doing stuff. So when it is, it's definitely more work, you know, it's a lot easier buzz. you say, okay, you have admin access to whatever. I trust you. Well, it's, it's not a matter of trusting. It's a matter of preventing something bad happening unintentionally yeah. Yeah. because they made a mistake or someone else did. So, yeah. you know, they get it after you kind of give them some background and help explain it. Yeah, we we are the weakest link. <laughs> right. And so just just the other day I was going through clearing some stuff out and I had this moment of panic because I was like, I think I deleted something that I can't get back. And I think that's somebody else's thing. And I, you know, for a moment I was like, Oh, I shouldn't be trusted to <laughs> I should not be trusted to do any of this stuff, right? Is early in the morning and don't be deleting files early in the morning. Was I or late at night? So tomorrow, tomorrow is no read or read only Friday. So in our department, (laughs) we we try not to do upgrades or major changes on a Friday because if they go south, we're gonna have a bad weekend. So read read only Fridays. Yeah, I like that. No deleting, no major changes. Yeah, don't don't do anything. Don't install stuff. Just just don't. So do you try to hold things to like Tuesday through Thursday to kind of just middle of the week when you have everybody there as opposed it's, to? It's a, it's a, a general suggestion rule of thumb kind of thing, but we do, um, we do very carefully look at, especially in the summer. Cause that's when we try to get a lot of this infrastructure stuff done. We look at all the calendars. We have a, we have a person that put together the summer programming spreadsheet and it's this huge spreadsheet of programs across and then the weeks and the columns and then who's in what building is it mornings is it afternoons is it all days what weeks and so we look at that and try to find holes of times that we can do things so like at a building we'll go 7 to 8 30 we can you know upgrade the core switch in that building it'll take off the phones and wireless for an hour and a half but the kids don't come till nine so by 8 30 even with some leeway, we should be back in business. And so we have this very methodical calendar of upgrades that our network admin puts together, doing our best to hold harmless because we have so much summer programming more than we used to. I think a lot of the families said, you know, my kid's been at home for COVID. Let's put him in summer programming, keep it going. (laughs) And, uh, it, 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 it's hard to do because we want to just be able to do stuff all day when we're awake. Um, but it's worth it to try to keep things running and, and less disruptive when we can yeah. do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, I, I may imp- implement that for myself, uh, read only Fridays <laughs> and, uh, it's a, it's a good way to think about it. Like, yeah, don't, don't do this going into the weekend. It's, it's especially in the afternoon on a Friday afternoon. I, this tomorrow, so it's Thursday, uh, tomorrow, I've got a webcast to do in the morning. I have two meetings and then uh, we have a, a party for this summit that we just went through a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. and that's it. Then I'm off for 10 days. And uh, so I'm, I am, so no home gadget geeks. If you're a regular listener, no home gadget geeks next week. I am I, after the last four years, like I I've taken a few vacations, went out to Boston. I've, I, I took one last year, but this, I finally feel like we're through all that stuff. We got through this year. It was a super busy year. It's like, yeah, I need some downtime. So I'm going to, I'm going to take some, some time offline, shut everything down. Don't answer. I've told my, I've told my friends at work, like, seriously, don't email me. And I'm, I might even in my, in my message, my out of office message say, I'm treating this week like an email amnesty week. If you email me this week, I'm not going to read it. Like, 
you'll have to resend it on the fifth when I get back to work. You know, just because people, you know, the people just start loading that stuff in. Mm-hmm. When I get back, I'll have a thousand emails to reply to. You know, and uh, yeah. So yeah, I've got that problem coming up. Well, I got vacation. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, hope that it's refreshing and get uh, catch up on some sleep. So for sure. Are you staycation or are you going somewhere? Yeah, no stay. Oh, Listen, good. Vacation. You got, yeah, you got so many projects work. at home that you got to catch up on. I know. And listen, a vacation, like going somewhere is freaking work. Like, yeah, you, you need a break. Back, you're like, I need a vacation from my vacation. Yeah. I don't want to say that. I, I want to be bored, you know, come July 5th. Like, all right, I'm ready to go back. So, yeah, I'm hoping oh, that's to, great. Yeah. 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 Hoping to get some real downtime, shut everything down. I've got some projects here and there to work on here at the house, but. Nothing I'm going to take seriously. And if I get it done, I get it done. If I don't, I'm not going to care. So it's a great, great approach. I, I love home projects too when they're not um, crisis mode. Like, yeah, get that dryer fixed so we can do laundry kind of. Exactly. <laughs> I've got a fridge that's leaking that we've just turned the water off to. So yep. it's not leaking ice or any of that kind of stuff. You know, that's one of those kinds of things. As soon as you pull that thing out, you're like, okay, I got to get this fixed so I can push it back in so we can use it again. And, um, so, well, you, you told me you got a project, a speaker project. Are you installing some speakers in the garage? What do you, what are you working on? Yeah. So I have a detached garage. It's a nice, large two car garage. And I had set it up years ago to have a projector and screen so we could watch movies in there with a stereo and two outdoor speakers above the screen, but they're in the garage. And I take them in in the winter because I found that if I leave speakers in the garage all winter, they deteriorate super fast because of the cold, even though they're outdoor. So I take them in in the winter. So this spring, I'm like, you know what? We just redid the patio out back, added a nice space to gather, have a campfire and stuff. So I put two more outdoor speakers under the eaves of the garage facing the patio, ran the wire back into the amp, And then I'm like, well, I want to be able to control the music from my phone remotely, but I don't want to use Bluetooth because if you walk away, it's choppy and then it's only your phone. So a good solution would be the Sonos amp, which is basically a receiver of your Sonos system that can output to the stereo, which can then use your speakers. But that was like $400. And I'm like, yeah, it's not that. I mean, I like my Sonos. I've got several around the house, but they're the small Sonos one. And the beam is really good. I like that sound bar hooked up to my TV. But um, I found one on Amazon that's a Sonos knockoff, what I call it. And it was called Wim Pro. Wim Pro. I'll see if I can find it. But it basically did the same thing that it acted like um, a Sonos, but it, it advertises as if it was airplay receiver or chromecast receiver so on your network it looks just like i'll see if i can put it in the chat for you and you can share it um to your phone it looks like um an apple tv or um a chromecast but it also has an app of its own that can play music like the sonos app so when I on my phone, I'm on Spotify, I just choose a destination and then Spotify sends it to this thing, which is connected to the receiver. And so it works great. And then it's also easy to share. So other people 
can use Spotify and join the listening party, I think they call it, or they can use YouTube music and play it. But it's basically like a Sonos, but um, a lot cheaper. And so it has a digital uh, digital audio out that connects to the receiver. And then this is an old Yamaha receiver. I have speakers one and two. So I can say speaker set one is just inside. Speaker set two is outside mm-hmm. or both. And so we had a grad party last weekend for the boys and all they had put together an eight hour grad party playlist on Spotify. And we were able to just play it through this thing inside, outside the whole evening. And it was just great. So this was kind of a good find, you know, putting up the speakers was super easy. Um, so I was, I was kind of pleased with that. That's kind of cool. That's, you know, the, the kids, uh, is we've been, I've had the kids over a lot over the last year. Like they just come over. seems like once a month, we can have the whole family over and we sit out on the deck and for birthday, for my birthday, um, uh, one of the kids pulled out of Spotify and they, they've shared all these, play, they've made playlists for each mm-hmm. other and they've shared all these on Spotify, which I didn't realize how many they had as they were talking. Oh, they're like, Oh yeah, no, I shared that with you. And okay. Yeah, whatever. So they're doing this all without me, which is awesome. But one of the kids just took over the, we had one of those Bose revolve two. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sits on, just sits on the table, tabletop. Perfect for that kind of situation. And you just hit the Bluetooth button. They take it over and, then we had one with the DJ. And at some point, if you wanted, if somebody else wanted to jump in, hit the Bluetooth <laughs> button again, take it over. You can, you can kind of do it that way too. I yep. love this. So where well, you got permanent speakers and in your case, you've got some multiple, I'm, I'm showing the back of this thing. Let me show this again. So I'm assuming it's got um, a couple different outs. These yeah. are the, it's got, these are RCA outs, right? That you can, you can yeah. put them between so, two different locations. Yep. Yep. So it, it, it can be wired. I don't have wired network in the garage, so it's just wireless, but then you, I use the, uh, spit if out that digital optical out, but I could use line out. I could use coax out. I could even have something come into it and then go out to the receiver. I'm not really sure what I would plug into it. I don't remember because I was only looking for, can it receive airplay? Can it receive Chromecast? Spotify connect. Cause those, mm-hmm. those are the ways I wanted to play music. Yeah. Alexa. So, I mean, you could do the a lady. Sorry. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah. It has, it has Google and uh, yeah. Amazon yeah. voice assistant. I, I'm, I don't ever, I, I don't go down that road. So I'm like, right. I can use my phone and touch the buttons and yeah. I use it a lot. It's surprising. I'll go out and work on something in the garage or be watering plants or something. And I'll just put on music and um, it's been really impressive. And the speakers I got, I got them a few years ago on Woot because they were on a real clearance. And I thought, oh, someday I'll put those up in the garage. And and I didn't do it and didn't do it. And finally this spring I did it. And they sound really good. Mm. And they weren't really expensive. These Yamaha outdoor speakers. And I was like, I don't know if You're it's still just because I'm still every year. Yeah, I'm going to take them in in the winter. We get we get pretty cold up here. Too. <laughs> 20 below is not good for your yeah, speakers and yeah. stuff. It, so. gets, it gets chilly here too. I don't, we don't, everything we take out. You know, yeah. the TV now I have a stand out there yep. and I can, I can literally just put the TV on this. I mean, yep. snap it. Cause the TVs are so light, right? That connects to the, to the, uh, the Bose revolve Two if we yep. want to do it that way. I did, I did have, it was kind of fun uh, this weekend to bring up Pandora on the TV through my account and play. And then you could see the album art 
as it was oh, playing yeah. out through the revolve. But the album art was on the TV, and you could kind of see it that way. That was kind of a cool, and I moved the TV off the deck up above kind of the grill. And so yeah. it's kind of up above and away from everybody. And it was kind of cool to have that just up there um, seeing the album art, basically. I was hoping for some visualizations. Maybe not no, Pandora. Much. No, maybe no. Not Pandora. But well, we so, go ahead. We brought out a TV too, and I hadn't done that before. We um, we wanted to do a slideshow of the boys through the years, kind of thing. In addition to the pictures that everyone puts at graduation, and so I got the same mount that I use inside. Mm-hmm. The it's like a commercial electric brand or whatever at um, Home Depot, I think. But the same exact mount. So I just had two screws, took the TV off the mount in the bedroom it's super light tcl carried it put it on there two little screws all wireless and there's an app that you can play your google photo slideshow so it was like five minutes and it was ready to go and playing them playing the stuff out there i was like okay that's pretty easy i like that too (laughs) it's pretty cool i mean the equipment is light easy to move around yeah Um, I was just, uh, I I follow Brad's deals. It's one of those, you know, you get an email and and it's got all these different, it's got like clothing and outdoor furniture and technology gear and tools. Anyways, Brad's deals. I'll throw a link to it in the show notes. But um, they were running a 4K 43-inch whatever at Amazon for $99. Like, (laughs) it's like, you know, I bought this 32-inch, uh, I think it's, I think it's just 1080. I think I did. I was like, it's outdoors. I don't need. And I think I paid a hundred dollars for that last, like last year, last spring, maybe, maybe this time last year for the deck. And you know, you're thinking, and it got me thinking, I'm like 43 inch 4k. I could just take the mount off the back, put yeah. the, you know, put the mount back on. It'll, it will sit up there. You know? And then I was like, no, I don't need it. 32 is fine. I don't need a 43 inch TV out there. So right, do you I use like, that you know, other TV inside also? Yeah. Or is it, it just the outside? It's on the treadmill. So oh, okay. I put it on the treadmill. I bought same thing you did. I bought the same exact stand for the treadmill. Yep. So yep. it just goes on. You just set it on there. I don't even use the screws. I just set you it just on. You just hook it on and you're done. <laughs> hook it on. They are so light. Yeah. It's not going to go anywhere, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I swap them in and out. And yeah, if I'd bought the 43, I could it could have been dedicated. And I was like, I don't, I don't it's good. Like I'm good. That's so hard to do, Nathaniel, when it's a hundred dollars for yeah, a yeah, 43 seems... inch 4K. Well, and you've made it so convenient because you have a power cord outside and a power yep. cord inside. Yep. So all you got to do is move the TV yep. and the remote and you're done because it's all wireless. Yep. There's yep. you know no cabling that you have to worry Wires about. Built in, so yep. it's just a remote. There's not even a, a not even a stick, not even a fire stick. Nope. It's just nope. built in. Built in. It. Yeah, that's my TCL's <laughs> got the Roku in there, and pretty happy with that. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. So you you said you redid the? Did you redo your patio? You, you put a fire pit in, or what'd you do out there? Uh, so last summer, um, we had a retaining wall around the yard that was in front of the house, but there were no steps to get up, and you could big step up or you could jump up, but it was not real convenient for folks. They'd have to walk around a ways to go up or that. So we worked with a landscaper and they pulled that one out. Um, It's much cheaper to destroy a retaining wall and haul it away and build a new one than to try to like take it part way apart and rebuild it. So, Um, and they put in a new retaining wall, basically in the same shape, but they added steps Mm. 
so that it's easy to get up and it's, nice. you know, a little bit of a pedestal on each side. And then above that, instead of all grass, they put in some uh, patio stones um, in a sort of a kidney bean shape around a tree because we didn't want to damage the tree too much. And so it's made that backyard so much more useful. So that was nice. last summer. And then this summer we did, we finished the landscaping and we rearranged the sprinklers because the old sprinklers were watering all grass. And so we had some come in and redo it so that the irrigation drips were just around the patio where we have plantings. And then the sprinklers are just on the grass. So we got that in, I put in an electrical outlet. Um, we added some lights and landscaping and um, fixed it all up just in time for the grad party. And so nice. it's been a lot of fun project. And now we're out there eating in the evening, yeah. having people over bring, we used to have a fire pit in the ground that was there before and was stones buried in the ground, but it was kind of back and we, it was a pain to clean out. So we didn't use it much, but um, we had that filled in. And now I use the solo stove where we just bring it out, put it on the patio, mm -hmm. left, right, center, wherever we want, run that for a while in the morning, just take it back. Put What'd you get? Which solo stove do you have? I have the Yukon now. Oh, you got the big boy. <laughs> I had that bonfire for a while. And then a friend's like, I'll buy that from you. And I'm like, well, if you buy that from me, then I can upgrade to the Yukon, which can yeah. take the bigger chunks of wood. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. it's, it's funny. Cause I was expecting it to be taller. It's the same height. It's just wider than the bonfire. Right. So I'm like, yeah. it's still good and it's still fun. But, uh, I was thinking for some reason it'd be taller, but it's, it's just wider. Does it throw off quite a bit of heat? I mean, do you, is it one of those? I know they have that lid for it that kind of sits down and projects the heat out. Yeah, I don't um, have the but, lid yet, but I'm thinking okay. it would be good to get before winter because yeah. it puts out a lot of heat. It just yeah. goes straight up. Yeah. So yeah. makes maybe extend the fire pit usage. Yeah. You know, through the, did, did you, have you looked into their mesas at all? The little tabletop ones to, like, you know, you can, they, they use like literally like, like twigs, you can put yeah. twigs in it and they show, you know, they show like making some marshmallows around it and kind of stuff no. like that. Yeah. That's those have got uh Bob, I think it was Bob or somebody in discord, uh, in the discord group, uh, they were selling three of those for 150 bucks at Costco, oh. three, three mesas, you know, and yeah. the, the, the wood is literally, I mean, you can only get like a three inch piece of wood in there, but how much heat can you get from supposed that? to burn super hot? Well, I think the whole idea is ambiance. I don't think it's oh, actually yeah. like meant for heat, you know, uh, uh. but I tell you what, solo, man, those guys have been aggressive. Like they are, oh, yeah, they, they are creating market. all kinds of stuff. You know, they, oh. they got it, they got it going on. Well, they have a Mesa XL. Just uh -huh. so you know, <laughs> they got it. That's the marketing. Like we said, like yeah. you can't have yeah. one model. You got to have regular and large or something. Yeah. So ha people have the choice of like, well, this right. one's bigger. I'm going to get that, you know? Yeah. There's always those folks. Uh, John Biggs in chat says, I actually had a part of my retaining wall taken apart and redone. Glad I didn't attempt to do that myself. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's yeah. yeah. I almost built. I almost did my fire pit with stone around the outside of it, but that is just so much work. And there's so much specialty work to that. Like that's one of those areas where knowing how to do it really pays off. Yeah. Otherwise well, you, you watch the, you watch the crew work and you're like, okay, you guys, you definitely know what you're doing. Like the way they're careful with the leveling, you know, the first course has to be perfect and cutting the edges and what we got to get it to bend a certain way. 
it's it's a nice yeah, it's nice the right having tools. someone else really skilled to do that. They have all the right tools. Yep. They've, do, they've done it a thousand times. That's yep. one of those kinds of things. So after we got done doing our pit, and I just put loose stone 18 inches around the fire pit so that, you know, for fire protection and then uh, wood chips around that. And um, I, when I got done, I was like, man, I'm glad I didn't do stone. I, that I'd never, it, I'd still be working on that thing. So it's, it's worked out really well. Well, and it kind of depends on how much a perfectionist you are. True. Like, True. If you're you're good with wood chips and and uh, stone like um like you have and it looks yeah. good, then nobody's expecting it to look perfectly aligned <laughs> and yeah. you know matching and everything. But don't, if you don't need a stone fortress, don't mm-hmm. need a stone fortress. But if you you know like in this case, if you've got it going with stone and you got somebody doing it, it looks great. I mean, it'll mm-hmm. last forever. And yeah. And although I am seeing you know some of these this stonework we do now those are just that's all concrete blocks right they're not they're not actual stone they're concrete blocks and the salt that we use up here yeah if you if you're out there salting your walks you know they'll start chipping off yeah. you know it'll start coming off and then you, yep. you, know, you gotta replace that too so yep yep yeah. i see that yeah yeah well, it's uh, it sounds cool, and and it's it is kind of nice, right? When you get the outside done, we had Jay Franzi on oh a couple months ago, maybe two months ago, talking about he was talking about putting a fire pit in his backyard. Mm-hmm. Isn't it nice when you get all that stuff kind of set up, and it's comfortable, and you don't have to think about it anymore, and you just go out and do right. We go out, flip on the switch. We have fans, you know. We set up a breeze machine. Oh, that's right. Day. Flip on the switch. You set the fans the way you want them. Blows a nice breeze across the deck. You know, turn on the, bring the TV out or just bring the speaker out, set it down. Somebody's going to control the playlist and just enjoy time together rather than thinking about all that stuff. It's kind of nice, isn't it? Yeah. No, we, we've definitely gone out there just to be out there and you know inside we've got the kitchen tables covered with stuff let's just take dinner outside and eat out there and we got some new chairs that have some cushions in it you know so that we are comfortable and you know we had for the party we had uh two six foot tables up there and then uh high tops and then chairs everywhere and then on the lawn and we had you know it was just a great gathering place and having people get together and have a chance to talk and, and share. We had, we had a lineup of 10 or 11 coolers all along the garage with different varieties of drinks. Cause in my head, when we were planning this out, I thought, you know, I'd rather have more coolers with less mixing. Yeah. So this is the cooler that has these one or two flavors of soda. And this is the cooler that just has water. And so there was less digging through trying to find what you want. And so uh, you can tell when you do that and they're all in the sun all day, the next day or two, you can tell which coolers actually keep things cold and which ones just melt <laughs> yeah. right away. So. Yeah. Yeah. The Yetis, they keep them cold. Everything yeah. else. Not so, not yeah. so much. Yeah. yeah. No, that's well, cool. these, these Coleman's did pretty well. Those are the yeah. the winners in this race, but oh, yeah, nice. yeah. Yeah. You can, you can tell. Yeah. Yeah. We, we leave, you know, when the, when the kids are over, we don't do any coolers out. It's just like, get your, get your drink, bring it out on the deck, yeah. but there's, you know, there can be as, there can be nine of us at a time doing this kind of thing. So it gets yeah. pretty busy when we do it as you're thinking ahead as we think about tech gadgets ahead anything you're keeping an eye on that you haven't pulled the trigger on yet that you're kind of like boy this thing's coming out i'd sure like to have it when it does any any thoughts on that 
Well, um, not for me with uh, two boys going off to college. Oh, I'm yeah. thinking about them. But uh, one thing I've been thinking about is upgrading one of my wireless access points to be six or six E or long range. I can get a good signal in the garage, but it's not as good from from inside and it's not that far but so i've been looking at some of the ubiquity access points that are now six or six e and seeing like maybe i should get one of those and i can just swap it out you know it's already poe it's already ready to go because i have a couple of the uh older generation like probably wi-fi four or five lights which are working fine and so then i'm thinking well if i get a stronger signal outside that might be more useful mm-hmm. so yeah. Yeah. No, I put an extender in the kitchen to reach the deck. And yeah. That's that's I can't get to the shed, which probably 6E would get to the shed just fine. So I've just been waiting for my current infrastructure to go out, so to speak. Yeah. You know, because it kind of works. You know, you hate replacing that stuff while it's still right. I mean, really it, well. it's working just fine in the house. So it's yeah, not like right, uh, something's right. broken. So right. it, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is one of those things I, I, you know, you take on these projects. I've got this shed out in the back corner. We cut some trees down because they were super messy. You know, they were uh, mulberry trees and they would just drop purple. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're messy. So I just cut down. Well, what that chain and I, I go out there on the weekends and maybe enjoy, you know, a cigar or two out there in that shed. Well, what it changed is it's not shaded anymore. Right. And so it's getting like 100, 102 in there. Right. (laughs) So I installed some fans. Well, you know, come to find out when it's that hot, fans don't really cool anything down enough, right? So, Mm -hmm. yeah, you can get it down to maybe 96, 97, right? So I thought, well, I'll just get a a simple air conditioner and install it. I'll get a window air conditioner and install it. And, you know, I'll get one that's overrated for that space because it's not the most insulated. No, the radiant heat coming in on the roof is so much that that air conditioner just can't keep up. So really? then you're like, yeah, oh yeah. So then I'm like, maybe I need to put insulation in the, you know, because it's not insulated at all. So you're like, well, I could maybe I should put some insulation in the ceiling to kind of block that radiant heat, you know. So I've got a two, I've got three bats of insulation <laughs> sitting on the sitting right in front of the shed, ready to go in on Monday. Uh, on my, you know, this is going to be one of my one of my projects that I work on when I'm on vacation. So. So then you're like, well, you need, you can't, like, it's the middle of the summer, so you can't go out there all, you know, all, like, you know, all. So I bought one of, yeah, I bought one of those breathable, those white murder suits, you know. The white Tyvek, yeah, When they're murdering people, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I've got one of those. So I'm going to go out, like, at five in the morning uh, when it's cool or cool-ish and start Mm -hmm. putting this, this. And then even then I'm, I may insulate this thing and it may not still do enough. You know, I'm like, okay, when is enough? And Ed's Ed, who I, who I call on Sundays from the shed out there, he, he eventually, you know, when's enough enough is going to be enough on this thing. When am I going to stop trying to make improvements to an outdoor shed? Cause pretty soon it's going to be a garage. Yeah. <laughs> you know, bunkhouse. Yeah. Well, maybe no what stuff. you should do instead is yes. build a platform above the shed that can block the sun. <laughs> I, thought, I thought about that. Or a Just tent getting, or one, one of those tarps, you know, yeah, that they trellis. use at patios I or a pergola. Uh, 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 over the top. And then maybe I could grow some, you know, some 
plant, you know, some vines that yep. then shade out the sun yeah. from there, you know, it only take three years for them to get mature enough. Do you it see might, the madness? Look, uh, well, it's that sort of never ending project that you, you yeah. just turn into some huge complicated thing. Yeah. Well, and Sarah didn't help. I was, I, I was talking about this, hoping she'd say, yeah, don't, don't spend any money on that. She's like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Like, she's like, cause I, and I'd even put some, uh, shiplap or some tongue and groove boarding in there, I, you know, to kind of cover the insulation as I was going to put it in. So I put a few boards in, it does look pretty nice, mm. you know? And she's like, yeah, that looks good. You got to do the rest of it. And that's like, that's probably $800 in wood to just, mm. you know, tongue and groove that thing. And it's like, okay, this is getting, this is, it's a shed. Like, it, did you try? It, you know, um I'm, I'm taking advice so keep going keep did going. you try a vent fan that can run and pull the hot air yeah. out you know no i haven't done a roof vent but i do or, have a, or the side gables yeah like, i have side fans yeah. that are that are pulling air now the those fans aren't very powerful but i just don't know if it'd make that much of a difference i when you touch the ceiling it's hot yeah. like it's only a it's only usb yeah. or osb that is yeah. It's probably three quarter inch OSB. Yeah, that's not, and it's got asphalt shingles. So, like, do you have any vents in that roof? Probably not, because uh, it's small. No, no, uh, yeah, yeah, no, uh, no. And I should probably cut one in on this. Yeah, but but I do have gable vents, and so those yeah. that helps get some of that hot air trapped in top. But it's not that much of a difference heat wise. I mean, the whole thing is one hundred and five degrees. Yeah, <laughs> when you're when you're in there, in a um. Yeah, I just didn't quite understand all of the consequences of cutting those trees down. I mean, I cut them down, cut them up, stacked the wood, and we've been burning the wood this summer, which had been great. Mm. But I didn't realize it was going to cost me, you know, $300 air conditioner, $100 in 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 uh, uh, insulation. $800 wood, in, in wood. wood lab yeah, because wood's exciting. not cheap yeah. no, if I decide no. to do that. Well, oh, Nathaniel. How much would it cost to put a somewhat mature tree back in that place and <laughs> have it grow a few years? <laughs> Again, three years from now doesn't help next Sunday, right? No. doesn't help me no. out next Sunday. What I may do, what I may do is put the insulation in and then get those rolls of reflective. Um, they have that reflective mm. fabric that you would just then staple onto the joists. Mm. So it'll cover the, it's cheaper than wood. It'll cover the insulation, so it's not like it's you're just seeing that insulation all the time. And it will send the heat, the the radi the radiating heat. It'll send it back. So if it comes in, it'll go back out the oh, the, the other see. direction. So it's not, it's a barrier from that because yeah. that's really the problem. The roof, the whole roof's 150 degrees. Yeah, and it's just radiating down on you. I think I think putting in a roof vent might be a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, well, if I do that, then I'll definitely need a rough vent in there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, John, John Big says, plant the tree. <laughs> I don't want to hear, <laughs> I don't want to hear you on Home Gadget Geeks three years from now saying, man, I really should have just planted that tree back in 2020. <laughs> the problem is it's in my neighbor's yard. So, uh, and I can't listen. His, his, his partner was not happy at me for cutting down these trees. Uh, so I can't go back and say, hey, I really can't. I can't go back and say, hey, can we put those trees? They do have some what I call fence weeds here in Nebraska. You know, they're just 
stuff that grow along fence lines, whatever. They got some of those growing. So I am kind of hoping maybe they'll get tall enough to maybe block out some of the radiation, you know, coming in. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bob wants to know how soon before the shit has a TV, a humidor, and a fridge. Well, Bob, if I'm putting insulation in the ceilings and on the walls, I did the doors last year. You know, the doors are fully insulated in yeah. there now too. So, Well, I think you might find it makes a difference because we, uh, with this garage we have, early on when we moved in, I insulated all the walls and the, the ceiling um, and then put OSB on top, partly because then it's really easy to screw in something on the yeah. wall wherever I want. Yeah. I don't have to look for a stud. I just put it wherever. Um, but it's made a difference, especially in the winter. We'll be 20 degrees or more warmer in the garage than it is outside just by putting the insulation in the walls and, yeah. and in the roof line. And so I use that insulation that has the paper backing Yep. And it fits in the studs and just staple yep. it on. And yep. um, I've been pretty pleased with that and not had to put a heater in. Obviously, a heater would help. Yeah. It would keep it, you know, closer to 30, 40 degrees instead of 20. But even when it's yeah. real cold out, it'll be 20 degrees in the garage. So, yeah. Well, I bought one of those big, big buddy, Mr. Buddy, Mr. Yep. Heat, big buddies. Yep. And that'll keep on a, even as below zero day, I can get it to about 60 in there. Yeah. If I've well, with your insulation, you just have to use it less. Yes. You yeah. fire it up for 10 minutes and then no. let it sit. And you gave me an idea. Maybe I should cover that insulation with OSB. I was thinking it would be nice to have these. Oh, they would groove. look way better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah just, I wasn't concerned about, look, I was like doing what's cheap. <laughs> four times the cost. Although, yeah, I don't know. I'll have to look. I'll have to look because, yeah. But I, you know, like I have a TV in my garage now. I should take it back inside, but in the fridge and, you know, the music and it doesn't rain in there. So it's easy to just hang out there. And yeah, well, if I can get it, it is nice to go out there and have cover. I mean, I could, I could do the call from the deck, but it is nice. Sometimes it's, there's no bugs here under cover. I get the, if I can get the air conditioning working then like it would be a really nice place to be, you know, and then I'll buy another shed for all my tools. And equipment. <laughs> now that your, your shed has been taken over by people and a futon yeah. and, you know, a place to, you know, a TV, something to watch, something to go out to, but it, it's ridiculous. Well, if, is. you know, if all your kids and family are home, they can be in the house and you can be out in the shed and yeah. Yeah. Peace yeah. and quiet. Yeah. Well, we used it. Uh, we did when uh, the kids came over, it was April. It was still, we, we got a little snow this day. It was one of these really kind of cold April days, but we wanted to mm-hmm. be together and we were smoking cigars. So we weren't going to do it in the house. So we went out to the shed and it, I, w- there was like six of us in there. It was big enough for six of us to be standing in there. And it was nice. Like I had the mm-hmm. heater on and it, it, to be together out there during that time was kind of nice. So you can kind of use it. It's not giant, but it's big enough to comfortably fit for. Well, and it provides that space for gathering. Right. You know, it's kind of like when you have a party and everybody ends up in the kitchen Then you have all this other space where people could sit, but they're in the kitchen chatting and close to the food or whatever. It's no, it makes a, it makes a place to gather. So I got a little work today. The Wi-Fi doesn't reach it. That was another thing that I almost upgraded my kitchen Wi-Fi. So it reached the shed. And then I'm like, you know what? I've got this phone that's got a hotspot. I could just use the hotspot on my phone for the four that's times true. a month. That's true. 
you know. But you or, couldn't use your your Sono speakers that way. No, no. So you got to stick to no. the Bluetooth. Yeah. <laughs> well, the things we do, Nathaniel. Well, hey, thanks for thanks for coming out and responding back. Good to catch up with you. And, and yeah, uh, always great to see you. And and good luck as you send the kids off here in the fall. You got a couple like. Yep. Although this gets coming fast, like no, I mean probably early August, right? So no, yeah, yeah. So my wife left tonight. She and uh, high school graduate went up to Duluth for they have a day of orientation tomorrow, and then um, the oldest who just graduated from technical school is going to go to Mankato State in the fall. So I'll have two in the university system in the fall. So it'll be it'll be good. We're excited for both of them. I think they're both ready for it and excited for the change and the challenge and yeah. um and yeah. real please yeah that was exciting times we're in that phase my two youngest are both finding their career jobs or whatever right mm-hmm. and so my my youngest boy is interviewing this week he's got a couple mm-hmm. interviews on some for some some higher end mechanic jobs you know doing yep. uh, like uh, aircraft mechanic stuff and uh, sammy just got this job we heard from her a couple weeks ago but at this job at the library, but yeah, she's kind of thinking like, okay, how do I turn this into a full-time role? And how do I get, she's going to need benefits here in the next 18 months, right? How do I turn that into that? And so um, it's just fun to see them at this part. My oldest three are, have all done that. And now to see these last two go through that phase is pretty cool. So I enjoyed the phase you're in though a lot when the kids were in college, that was fun. I didn't enjoy paying for it, but I enjoyed. (laughs) Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Uh Yeah. So I learned a trick. Uh, One of my nephews works in financial aid down at ASU in uh, Arizona. And he said, try calling a week and a half to two weeks after classes start and see if there's unclaimed scholarships. And I'm like, oh, I never heard of that before. I said, sometimes people don't claim them or take them. And we have you know, extra pools of money that need to be distributed. And I'm like, I'm going to do that. School wants it. They want to give it to somebody so they can use it. Yeah. So let's see if that works. Yeah. Yeah. Let me know how that goes. I mean, I don't have kids that are eligible anymore, but let me know how that goes. Yeah. Yeah, be, fun, be good. Be fun to. Well, can you hang tight for one second yep. while I close this up? A couple of reminders on the way out. If you want to join us in the Discord group, head over to slash Discord. Uh, and some, and that's actually a really, that's like, you know, conversation, really light conversations, super fun. So if you're not looking for something, you got to check all the time, but something where you can have some conversations, join us in the Discord group, theaverageguy.tv slash Discord. If you want to leave a message for the show, uh, send us, you can do that uh, at homegadgetgeeks.com. There's a little bit of a, there's a button over there that's got a recording thing. You can just leave me a 30 second message and we'll play that right here on the show. Don't forget the averageguy.tv platform, both web and media hosting powered by Maple Grove Partners. Get secure, reliable, high-speed hosting from people that you know and you trust. I think Christian's going to come on here in a couple weeks. Um, he still has plans for 10 bucks, so no inflation on those plans and free, inflation-free. If you need some hosting, he's pretty great at it. Get it done, maplegrovepartners.com. I haven't mentioned in a while, but HelloFresh is really up the game on this, and we've got, we're giving away some like $110 worth of free stuff from them. Check it out, theaverageguy.tv slash HelloFresh. I still am killing those meals. They're super awesome. You can send me an email, uh, jim at theaverageguy.tv. I think that's it. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, here at theaverageguy.tv live. I would tell you what's coming up. Well, next week I'm off again because I'm on vacation. 
But the week after that, I don't have anybody scheduled. I started working on that tonight. So we'll get some we'll get some folks lined up. I mentioned uh, Christian will probably be back. I asked Aaron uh, to come back. We'll get some other folks as well. And uh, we'll keep going. Like Nathaniel asked, we will keep going on this thing just as long as you keep listening. You know, we do four or 500 listens a week. That's enough. It's good enough for me. You guys are pretty awesome. Join us uh, not next week, but the week after 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern out here at TheAverageGuy.tv Live. For those listening tonight, John, Bob, uh, let's see who else did I see. I shot Joe out there a little bit earlier. Uh, thanks for you guys coming out. We'll be back in, uh, in two weeks. With that, we'll say goodbye.